Welcome to Journey Elgin of Elgin, Texas, where we are living life in Christ, impacting His kingdom. Our service times are Sunday at 9 a.m., followed by a second service at 10.45 a.m. Today's message is a foundation of Scripture. Here's Pastor Philip Thomas. And that's where you put your root system. And so people, we, one of our natural tendencies is that we put our root system kind of in a social setting. It used to kind of be tribal. And, and you see how that is not always a good thing, right? Because you have a, a certain number within your tribe, and then anyone outside of that, well, that's, they could be a threat, right? And, you, and so you have to protect yourself against that. Well, you know, now we are in the 21st century, so we don't like thinking of th- things in terms of, of tribal, but we do the same thing. We bo- so we set our roots many times in structures and organizations and things like that that we feel are going to give us purpose, they're going to keep us safe, that are going to help us weather the storm. And, and so today, a lot of times, we'll, I, I see this, and I think sometimes in patriotism, doesn't matter what country, right? A lot of people will kind of put their roots and they'll, they'll uh, hold on to whatever country they are a part of. And that, they, that's kind of who they identify with, right? They, then they say, we're going to rely on that country to, to be there for us, to meet our needs, things like that. Here's the problem with that. It doesn't matter if you're in a good country or a bad country. If your roots are in that kind of a structure, that structure is made up of people. And people eventually are going to do things to serve their own interests, right? And so it starts to show cracks in the tribe. This goes all the way back thousands of years ago. You'd have a tribe that was, everything was going well, and then you'd get a chief or you'd get a, a leader, and that leader would want to do things more for themselves than for the group, and that tribe would get overtaken because it was too weak, right? We see this all the time. It's human nature, but it's weird how we, can, we look at it and we say, okay, that makes sense, but yet we still try to sink our root system into these things that are not good for us. They're not going to help us weather the storm. Right? And then we even see this in, uh, now when it, uh, kind of looking more at a faith perspective. You know, we, we kind of have now especially there's a, a tribe I would consider secularism that people have said, hey, this is what I'm going to to do. I'm going to try to kind of have a moral look at life, but we're going to get rid of this God guy, right? Because, you know, look at, look at all the bad things people have done in his name. So if we just get rid of his name, you know, then, then we'll, well, okay, but you're still creating a tribe. And so now all of a sudden you, you, uh, you try to sink your roots into that. Within the church, we've done the same thing. We're moving past, we're kind of in a post-denominational uh, church structure in a lot of ways. But for a long time, people were more loyal to their denomination than they were to kind of just a, an overall faith in God. Right? And, it, and because they, hey, I'm going to put my roots as a Methodist or as a Baptist or whatever it may be. And historically, you look at this, you know, look at the wars that happened between Catholics and Protestants. Right? So I say all this not to, for us just to go, oh my gosh, we're so horrible. No, that's kind of part of what being in a fallen world is about, right? 
So we're, we try to manage our selfishness and the sinfulness that, that, that we all know is there. And so we do it by planting our roots in these certain groups that we hope and that we think are going to provide us safety, security, identity, purpose, because we all know that the storms of life are coming, right? We all know that. And so we're trying to find something. Where can I put my roots? And the problem is, is if we put our roots into something that is not totally revolved around who God is and what he has done through Christ, that root system will fail. It's just a matter of time. And so today I want us to talk about how do we start the, our, getting our root system growing in the right direction? You know, how do we start to do that? You know, what are some, some things that we need to be thinking about and focusing on in order to make sure that our roots are being planted in the right spot? So that when those storms of life come, that we know that we can sustain it. That we're not going to just get tossed in the wind. And, and of course, we all know this too, know that, that even if you do get tossed in the wind, God is still there and wants to replant you and start that system again. So maybe that's in the place that you're in in life, right? That you, you're, you're blowing right now and you need to get, get your root system started again. Well, th- that, that can happen. God wants that to happen. Just like that song was saying, no matter what. There's still an opportunity for you, but we need to be thinking about where are we putting that root system and is it going to be secure? So I want us to look in 2 Timothy, and this is in chapter 3, starting in verse 10. And Paul is writing uh, in 1 and 2 Timothy, obviously he's writing to an individual, he's writing to Timothy. Uh, Timothy was um, a partner with Paul and, and kind of his, uh, his protege, if you will, um, Paul is writing this more than likely from prison. It's getting close to the end of Paul's life. You can, kind of, you can nearly hear it in the change in Paul's writing in Timothy compared to some other um, of Paul's writings. It, he's, he knows that the end is getting close. Right? That, that's his, his feeling. So he's kind of imparting some of this knowledge as, as you would, hey, this may be the last time I communicate with you. All right, so you kind of have that going on here. And, uh, and at the beginning of chapter 3, um, Paul talks about how there will come a time where people are, are completely selfish. They're completely doing what's best for them. You know, he uses language of that that's a time to come. Well, th- that was going on right then, just like it's going on right now. Right? So, so, and, and Paul's saying that you're, there's going to be persecutions and things like that. And, and this is the, the encouragement and the charge that he gives to Timothy. So starting in verse 10 of 2 Timothy chapter 3. It says, You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, sufferings, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. While evil men and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is God-breathed 
and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. All right. So this is a, there, there's a lot here, and I, I love what, what Paul is saying. And he, so he starts out to Timothy. Basically, what he's encouraging Timothy is he's saying, okay, you, you need to establish your root system in a good place. All right. And he starts out and he says, okay, you've seen the way that I've lived my life. I've strived to live my life the way that God wants me to. And, uh, and I think it's, and this is those things that we don't like to hear, but, uh, but Paul basically says, you, you've seen the persecutions I've gone through. Oh, and by the way, if you strive to live a godly life, you too will experience those persecutions. Right? Now we like to just kind of skip over stuff like that, and, and I, I want to address it real quickly. One, the persecution that Paul is talking about, more than likely in this time in history, in our context, is not the type of persecution that you're going to experience. Now, not saying that there are places in this world where that type of persecution is, is going on. It certainly is. You know, but Paul, he, he got beaten nearly to death numerous times. The places that he listed, the Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, those were places he was put in, thrown in jail, that he was beaten. There were times that he was left for dead. You know, I mean, it was physical persecution, right? I, I never want to, uh, you know, whenever we say, oh, well, we're persecuted today, we need to step back a little bit, right? <laughs> you know, we're, we're not being threatened to get thrown in jail and, uh, you know, and I know there's those who believe that we could get there. And, hey, hey, history shows us that things go up and down. So maybe we could in the future. Right now, you know, you're not really getting persecuted whenever, you know, you have a debate about whether you're a 501c3 or not. Right. That's not really persecution. <laughs> but, however, I also don't want to dismiss the fact that if you choose to live a godly lifestyle, I don't want you to think that it's all going to be roses either. In fact, life in some ways gets more difficult when you choose to live a godly lifestyle. Sometimes you make decisions that don't make good business sense. Right? Sometimes people are going to treat you differently. Right? Most of the time you're not going to get beaten with a cane. But you know what? They're verbally, and people can shut you out, and they can treat you uh, like a pariah. And, and that is real. And I don't, I don't want you to, to think that, that we're dismi- dismissing that at all. And I think it's important to understand that because that's a key aspect to understanding why it's so important to develop a strong root system. Because here's the deal. In life, it, and this doesn't matter if whether you believe that God exists or think that that's just a complete myth or whatever, you're going to experience many storms. You're going to experience loss of job. You're going to experience financial crisis. You're going to experience uh, relationship crisis. Uh, you're going to experience loss of loved one. I don't care if you have any faith at all, you will experience that. All right? There's nothing that you can do or believe in that's going to keep you from experiencing those things, right? On top of all of those things, if you choose to live your life for Christ, truly live your life for Christ, 
in some ways life is, there's going to be extra storms because you're going to have to stand up and do what's right whenever the easy thing is just to give in and do what other people are doing. Right? And so life in some ways is more difficult and challenging when you are truly follow Christ than when you don't. Which is why so many Christians we struggle with, hey, this is what I believe, but man, it's really hard to live that out all the time. Right? And again, God understands this. That's why we need this strong root system. So we need to understand that it is more difficult sometimes to live a life for Christ. But life is so much more fulfilling and rewarding as well. The hope and the peace and the joy that you can experience, that you will only experience if you are living a life in Christ, to me far surpasses a life that, that you say, oh, I don't want to deal with that stuff. Right? So and that's kind of what Paul is saying. He says, hey, this is not going to be easy, Timothy. Right? In fact, I'm in prison right now, probably going to die here. You know, have fun. You know, that's a, it's, that's a, it's a brutally honest. And Paul is saying, hey, this is what's going to happen. And that's okay. And Timothy already knows this. He's seen, seen the persecution, probably has experienced some of it already. And so then Paul moves on, and, and what I consider, he brings out kind of the, one of the basic things for us to do in order to get our roots growing in the right direction. Now, I don't have a green thumb, and so I'm not going to pretend that I do. But I do know that, you know, I do know if you plant a tree, you know, and you, you put it in the ground and, that, you know, and it has that big uh, root ball on it and things like that, so you're transplanting it, there are certain things that you want to do to facilitate those roots' growth. Right? There are things, you know, the only thing I know is miracle grow, but man, poor miracle grow all around in there. Whatever it is, right? There are things that you do, and people who do that, they know. There are specific, very practical things to do to facilitate that root growth. Well, you know what? I think there's some very practical things that we can do to facilitate our growth and our root structure. And Paul brings that out. Here in, in verse 15, he says, uh, talking about Timothy, he says, How from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All right, stop right there first. You know, anytime that we hear that word salvation, our minds have been trained to immediately go to what happens when we die, right? That we'll either be, be all good and we go up or not so lucky and we go down, Right? That's kind of whenever we think of salvation. Salvation is a much bigger and broader word than that. And it doesn't encompass just what happens when you die. It's talking about how are you going to live. And Paul talks about that you work out your salvation, that that you are striving to live what you believe. You're striving to live that your life for God each and every day. And so that's what he's saying is you've known the Holy Scriptures as you've been living out your salvation. Okay, so that that's important. And then in verse 16, he says, all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You know, one of the first things that we have to do 
if we want our root system and structure to be strong, is we need to get into the Scriptures. Now, man, that's an, that's an old school saying, right? You need to be reading your Bible. How many times have we heard that? But, man, there is so much truth there, right? And, and I want to talk a little bit about that. You know, it says all Scripture is God-breathed. One of the things that, <laughs> that uh, churches have fought about more than anything else is this right here. How to interpret it. You know, what, what does it mean? What translation is best? There are still, there's a lot of churches right now that they pride themselves that they are King James only uh, churches. I have no problem with that. That's fine. But then I've been told that I'm not really a good Christian because I don't use the King James Bible. That bothered me a little bit. I, yeah. Feel persecuted. <laughs> no. But but it, it's a, it is interesting what we've done with the Bible, right? And and I don't think it's healthy, right? Because and so we we debate. Okay, well, is is this inerrant or is it infallible? Those are words that I went to seminary and I'm really not sure what the definition are. I just know you're supposed to argue about them, right? And so we get to the point and we're like, um, well, is is the Bible literally true or is it just true? Or is, I mean, and it is amazing, and you can get to where we just dissect all the time. And we look at some of the numbers back in, in the book of Numbers, right, in the Old Testament. And we're like, do you think, are those, is that exactly how many people? Well, guess what? Go ask our United States government right now how many people are in our country. I promise you they don't know. They have a good guess, and they'll probably tell you, oh, it's around 344 million, whatever it is. Right? Well, so I would think in a nomadic group, you know, you're not going to know the exact numbers. It's amazing how many people will argue that and that are scared to death that if you acknowledge that, okay, maybe one of those numbers isn't literally true, that you just have to throw the whole book out. Oh, they messed up on the count of the tribe of Benjamin. They're done. You know, but we do that. It happens. And, and then we start questioning. Um, and in more serious ways, we, uh, we start questioning, well, is everything the Bible says true? And, and, there'll be, and people say, yes. And then you'll read in Psalms, and it'll say something kind of weird. And you're like, so that's true? Like, you know, there's in some of the really tough songs, they talk about babies who were dying in battle and all this stuff. And you're like, so should we be okay with that? No, that's a psalm. It's poetry. Of course you don't. Enjoy. But it's amazing what we do with Scripture. And that has opened up the door for the Bible to be seen as less relevant. And I think it creeps in even to us as Christians. Because we're like, what? man, well, there's so much here going on. And let's be honest, now there's a lot more skepticism of the Bible. And, and some of it has very legitimate stuff. Like if you if you want to get really uh, kind of freaked out, start reading some of the things about uh, tearing apart the Bible. Because a lot of it makes sense. right? Like the New Testament, the way that the New Testament came to, uh, together. It was a group of guys at a council that argued for years about, well, which letters and which books are we going to consider the New Testament? Right? And, uh, and 
why they chose one over another. And guess what? I don't know the answer to that. But what I've chosen to believe is because of what the Scripture says that all Scripture is God-breathed. That it is inspired by God. Did God dictate it all? Did God you know, speak to, to Paul and say, okay, now write this. Oh, no, you really need to capitalize that letter. You know, no, no, that's not how it worked. Right? Did Paul think when he was writing these words, did he think in any way that he was writing to you? No. He thought he was writing to Timothy and that the letter would end up in Timothy's hand and then end up in the trash can. Right? But that doesn't mean that God hadn't breathed into him these words and we're going to use these words to tell people and point people to God 2,000 years later. Both of those th- things can be true. And that's okay. Right? And it's okay. And, and I hate it how we've gotten to a place where the Bible is so easily attacked. I was listening to an interview, I can't remember, and it was um, an, an atheist was, was talking and, and they were debating kind of the uh, validity of the Bible. And especially in this day and age, this is a, a big one. And he said, the reason that I can't take the Bible seriously is because the Bible never specifically um, opposes slavery. Right? It says it talks all the Bible, it talks about slavery here and there, but it never specifically says you know, that there shouldn't be slavery and that slavery is evil. That is technically true. The Bible also said there is no more, uh, there is no more slave, there, you know, <laughs> no more Jew, Greek, slave, free, all are one under Christ. That's the clear principle throughout the Bible, right? But there are times it talks about how a a person should treat their slave rather than saying there shouldn't be slavery. The problem is, is we have to back up. And if we look at that through 21st century eyes, we're like, how how in the world? Because we're a long way from 2,000 years ago. We're a long way from 150 years ago, Right? But, but it's such a convenient excuse. It's like, well, man, why wouldn't the Bible do that? Well, because when the Bible was written, people viewed slavery completely different. And it was, it was a different type of slavery in many ways than some of the slavery that we've experienced here in America. It, it, it was not based on racial lines. It was an equal slave opportunity for everyone. But the Bible was actually radical in the way that it was saying to treat slaves. And the problem is if the Bible would have come out and said there shouldn't be slavery, there would be the whole world economy would have um, collapsed and no one would have listened to it because it would have been, it, it would not have made any sense. But the Bible was radically moving people to a, to a better ideal. And it, this really frustrates me because people will bash the Bible for not saying anything about slavery. Yet the people who abolished slavery over in England and in the United States were people that believed this book. And the reason they were willing to give up everything they had, and many of them were persecuted, and many of them were killed, black, white, across the board, the reason they were willing to stand up and say slavery is wrong is because of this book. And it's amazing how that gets overlooked. But I want you to, the reason I kind of talk about this and I can go on forever is because we have tried, society has tried to diminish this book and make it irrelevant and say, oh, that's just a book that's 2,000 years ago. What could it say today? 
Well, yes, we need to read it understanding that it was written thousands of years ago and understand context. That is vitally important. But the God-breathed truths in here transcend time, culture, and context. And they are very real. And they are necessary for us to have a strong root system. And so he goes on and Paul says, this book, the scriptures, that they are good, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. Right? Those are words that, that word rebuke is the one that jumps out. And, and I've used, heard basically this term and <laughs> this verse used to justify kind of the, uh, the Bible bashing, right? You know, how many have experienced that, right? Where you, someone basically is telling you, hey, the Bible says that what you're doing is wrong. You know, and, and it may be true, but it's really off-putting usually the way that it comes across, right? And I've heard that this kind of, this verse kind of supports that. And on the face, it, it kind of does. Like, oh, so you can use this to rebuke. When Paul was writing this, he was writing this to Timothy. And so he's telling Timothy, use the Bible to teach yourself, to rebuke yourself. Allow the Bible to correct you. This was inward focused, not outward focused. I don't, I don't believe the Bible was ever designed to be an outward weapon that we use on other people. It is something that is designed to strengthen our root system to rebuke us when we are doing wrong, to get us back on the right path. But we don't really like to do that. We would rather use it just to rebuke others rather than actually read through here for ourselves and go, wow, maybe, maybe I am gossiping too much. Right? Maybe that's talking to me. You know, and, and I think that term rebuke, we love to kind of narrow that down to sin. You know, I, I rebuke you because you are, you are sinning, right? But I think it also, we need to, again, turning that on ourselves. we also need to rebuke ourselves sometimes for the way that we look at the world. That we do not have a godly perspective on things all the time. And sometimes reading through the scripture, all of a sudden you say, man, I, I need to look at things differently. Right, right now, the uh, anxiety and depression among nearly people of, across all lines, is going up, right? Uh, teen suicide has, was going down for years and years and years and all of a sudden has started going up the last 10 years. And you, you look because by the vast majority of measurable statistics, life has never been better for a larger group of people in the history of the world. And I know that sounds controversial and people are, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that is indeniably true, right? But yet we're miserable. So something's going on, and maybe it's because we started moving further and further away from the God-breathed truths in this book, and we're putting our root system in something else. And all of a sudden, yeah, yeah, we're living longer, we're healthier, we're wealthier than we've ever been, but we're really miserable. Maybe we should listen to the truth in here that says, your happiness isn't based on how long you live, how healthy you are, how much money you have. Right? But we've, we've moved away from that. And I just want to encourage us that if you want to start planting roots and watering roots and getting them strong, it needs to start with this. Right? 
And you know what? You're not going to understand everything. And there's going to be things in there you're like, man, what in the world is that talking about? And guess what? We're going to mess up understanding some of it because we're people. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't engage with it, that we shouldn't invest in the Scripture. There are so many tools out there. One thing that we're going to start doing, and I want to encourage you, I'm going to have some information. Um, I'm trying to figure out how best to communicate it to everyone. But uh, do, do most of you have the Bible app? You probably do. It, go on your uh, um, app store or whatever. It's the YouVersion app, uh, Bible app. Um, it's the one that has been reviewed by like 4 million people. You know, it's, it's been downloaded more than anything else. It has all kinds of versions, stuff like that. Down at the bottom right, you'll need to create an account. It's free. Um, but uh, you create an account, and you, as, as long as you log in, you can tap at the bottom right, and there's a place that says events. We're going to start creating events, and those events will have, like right now, you could do it. You can search Journey Elgin Church, and it, it'll come up with an event that'll have First Timothy chapter three verses ten through seventeen in it. It'll have a couple of uh, um, uh, announcements. We're going to start using it for some announcements. But also we're going to create an event that will last all week that will use one of their devotional plans. And it's something that you can choose to get involved in. It's real short. They're real easy. I'll tell you right now that I'm not going to obsessively preview every one of those devotional plans. There's going to be some that probably disagree with. But what I want you to do is that, hey, this is a tool to get us into Scripture a little bit. And, uh, and maybe we start talking about it together. Um, there'll be more information on that, but you can do it right now. Um, there, there's actually one that's, uh, that's going live uh, today or tomorrow that has a, a reading plan. It's finding, finding peace in Scripture. Um, and uh, so if, if you need help, uh, give me a call. I'll, I'll walk you through it. I'm also going to send out on an email a link that it, that it should help as well. But, but those are things that you can do. Um, to, to help develop that root system. And I just want to encourage you. God desires for you to have a healthy root system. He desires for you to be in a place where when the storms come, you don't get ripped up out of the ground and blow down the street. Right? But there are things that we need to do to help develop that root system. And one of them, I think it starts with getting involved and reading in the Scriptures. And we can do that in a lot of different ways. But we need to know the truth of who God really is. Let's pray together. Dear God, we thank you so much that we have the opportunity uh, to, to be into your Word. I thank you that you have given us such a wonderful gift that we can read the truth about you and that you can Uh, that we can get a glimpse of who you are through the pages of the scriptures. Lord, I pray that you will help us as we develop our root system in you. Lord, we look forward to spending time with you and growing closer to you. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Thank you for listening to Journey Elgin. Come check us out. We're located at 1221 North Avenue C, Elgin, Texas 78621. You can contact us at www.journeyelgin.org or call us at 512-661-8411. 
That's 512-661-8411. We hope to see you soon, and may God bless you.